2: Hello, 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 Eagles fans. This is your guy, Tone the II, and I'm joined by John McMullen, and this is Football 24-7 on Jacob Sports. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Also, make sure you guys continue to comment below. We appreciate all the love and the support. And if you want more from John McMullen, if you're an avid reader of John McMullen, Joe Senta Liquido, or Paul Domowicz, the legendary Hall of Fame voter, Make sure you guys check out jkibsports.com. That's j-a-k-i-b-sports.com. There's plenty of articles on there covering training camp, giving you all you need to know regarding your Philadelphia Eagles. <clears throat> now, let's get right into the nitty-gritty, John. Practice got chippy today from what I was hearing. Uh, you mind filling me in on the details?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, typically you would think, uh, you know, how hot it's been this summer, Um it's kind of amazing the Eagles got through 10 practices with not one fight not even a a little shoving match and all of a sudden it shows up today and it was a little bit cooler today so it doesn't make a lot of sense Tom but yeah, it was Andre Dillard in the middle of of all of them basically got in a skirmish with Derek Barnett and then two with Patrick Johnson Um, the last one was Um, pretty significant to the fact his his helmet popped off and they removed him from practice for a uh, precaution because he's coming off the concussion protocol. Um, So they just wanted to be a precaution. But I will say this, you know, Andre won all the reps. So they were getting angry about getting beat, Derek Barnett and Patrick Johnson. So for all those people, I saw a bunch of them talking about Andre Dillard and going back to his rookie year when that photo was taken. Uh, people thought he was crying. And, you know, maybe that's the narrative that he's uh, not top minded enough. He whooped them both. So, you know, that was what it was about. It was frustration mm-hmm. from players getting getting beaten pretty soundly.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because Dillard hasn't really been able to shake that soft guy narrative throughout his career. Um, when he first came in, uh, guys thought he was he was made a silly putty, you know, and then he essentially remade his body. And he's made it a point to just put on more muscle, take off, uh, take off the body fat, because let's be honest, his career has been underwhelming, to say the least. He was a first round pick. He was pegged as being one of the best pass blockers in his draft class. And that's not to take away from anything that he provides from a talent perspective, but let's be honest, you know, Andrew Dillard has been very underwhelming with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he hasn't really been reliable to a certain degree until I want to say maybe last year health has been has health hasn't really been on his side and he's a one trick pony. You can't really cross train him. He, he can't do anything outside of that left tackle position. Um, but to say all that, he's remain his body and he's out to prove something. And, be getting beat out by a seven round pick and Jordan Milata doesn't help either.
3: No, but you know, that's not your average seventh round pick. I mean, that's, that is true. Uh, that's uh, you know, I that that's an outlier. So, <laughs> you know, Jordan Milata never played football. We know the story, but from a physical perspective. Uh, Jordan Mailata has more physical gifts than most first round tackles. So, you know, still it was a long shot and, you know, to have no technique to not even know how to put on your helmet when you get here and to turn in the player he's turned into is, it's very rare. So this, this narrative about Andre Dillard, look, I mean, it, he wasn't strong enough to play in the NFL. Um, which basically happens to almost every rookie offensive lineman. Uh, and, you know, he got pushed around a bit. You go back to his rookie year, most notably, it was Everson Grip and it was Robert Quinn, two really good pass rushers. Um, he's not the first guy who's had to go into the, the weight room in his first offseason and say, Ooh, I got to get stronger for all those people saying this is a six foot five 300 pound guy he's strong from a normal person perspective he wasn't strong from an NFL perspective and now he is so you know I think most people in this league realize he's a starting left tackle unfortunately he's blocked here by Jordan Mailata so it's not going to be here but yeah that narrative of, of all that kind of stuff you're talking about is Bull bleep, as they say, Tom.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny because guys like Derek Burnett, um, he's someone who has had an underwoman career as well, right? Um, if you take that first round pick tag off of him, you'll say, Wow, he's actually been what you can expect. If he wasn't a first-round pick, his career actually wouldn't be that much of a disappointment. And then a guy like Patrick Johnson, um, he's a young guy entering his second year trying to make a name for himself, you know, trying to crack this roster and, um, and keep his job. And, you know, these guys have a lot that they're playing for. And I can only imagine why tensions would get high, especially when the the second string left tackle that got beat up by the seventh rounder is making you look bad.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think players look at it that way because they know how talented Andre is. I mean, Patrick Johnson's a seventh round pick. Patrick Johnson is, is – you know, has from a, you know, undersized edge rusher uh, going against a first-round-level talent at left tackle. Look, Andre's supposed to beat him. Even though he's the second-team left tackle here, um, he's a good player, Um, Yeah. (laughs) whether people want to realize that or not. Uh, As far as Derek Barnett, yeah, I mean, Jody and I have this discussion a lot. He's not a bad player. He's an undisciplined player. Um, I think that's fair Um, for people putting these grandiose expectations on him. Yeah, they're disappointed, but he's not a bad football player. Um, So it all depends on expectations mean a lot. Unfortunately in this city, and we're going to see it in upcoming days, probably with JJ Ortega-Whiteside, who was AWOL today from practice. This might be the end of the road for him. um, Didn't live up to his billing. You know, we we talk about it all the time with Jalen Rager. City's tough, man. City is tough. This city is brutal. If you don't perform, and you're expected to be a high level uh, player when you're that when you're drafted that highly, it's part of part of the thing, man. You come here. I mean, people are already talking about N'Kobe Dean, Nicobe Dean, N'Kobe Dean. I feel sorry for the kid. I mean the expectations are unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan yeah. Davis, different ball game. Just Jordan Davis is like the defensive Jordan Milata He's such a physical freak. Uh he's gonna live up to expectations. But for the Ragers and the Ortega Whitesides and the Barnettes and the Dillards, brutal. Brutal on
2: them. Yeah, and you know, Rager really Uh, Didn't really help his case on Friday against the Jets. I mean, the dude only had three catches, 26 yards and averaged about eight yards per catch. He really wasn't able to break anything. And, um, you know, he was back there returning punts as well. You know, Rager, he you saw it. And, you know, you were at the game. I was at the game as well. You saw them trying to create for him. And, you know, things just didn't really pan out for him uh, versus the Jets. You know, what was your thoughts on
3: Rager's performance? I, I, I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't, I didn't think it was great. Um, but I think you could see what Jalen Rager is, uh, from an athleticism standpoint, occasionally it shines through, but the consistency isn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs a change of scenery. I mean, Eagles fans have, you know, moved on from him. Uh, he's had a very difficult time dealing with it. Um, he doesn't want to give him up. He doesn't want to release him. Um, he wants something significant for him. So unless they can convince somebody else to deal a, a somewhat respectable draft pick or maybe a player for player trade, he's going to be here and he's going to be the punt returner and people aren't going to be happy about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, Rager is such a he's such a, he, he's a, he's a case study to me because like you said, he has the talent, but there's something mental going on. And I, I, I agree with you. Whole, I agree with you wholeheartedly. A change of scenery is the last thing that can save this man's career.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, and I don't even know if it can change it. I mean, I, I think he should, and I've said it from the start. I think he should delete social media. Number one. And hopefully if he goes to another place, he'll do that. He'll he'll start, um, uh, you know, in a good spot uh, where they won't be all this angst against him and maybe he can turn it around. You know, maybe he's just not um, cut out for life in the NFL. You know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside's another example of that. You know, there's this revisionist history uh, tone that, you know, the Eagles... Reach for these players. They didn't reach for these players. Maybe five spots, maybe ten spots. But this assumption that, well, Jalen Rager would have been a third round pick or a fourth round pick if the Eagles didn't select him. Uh-uh. No, he would have went to New Orleans. I think they had the twenty fourth pick. um J.J. Arthega Whiteside in the second round. This assumption, like he wasn't a second round pick. You, nobody had him. Right. That's that's crap. A lot of he was a great player at Stanford.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, like you know, JJ, are, you know, not to cut you off, John, but it's funny because you make you own to something. JJ in college, he was considered to be one of the best uh, contested catch guys uh, in the yes, red zone uh, in college. Yes. And then Jalen Rager, um, he was someone. When I mean, you look at the film, you saw how electric he was. And I think the only reason people say Rager was a reach is because Justin Jefferson was right there. That's the only reason people claim it to be a reach.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's bad luck. I mean that know, too. And,
2: <laughs> and poor decision making. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, twenty, you know, Justin Jefferson went twenty-second, right? So there were twenty-one selections, and he ain't the 22nd best player in that draft. Um, so a lot of teams got it wrong with Justin Jefferson. A True. lot of teams uh considered him just a slot receiver. Minnesota drafted him, started him in a slot, and then said, "Oh, he's pretty good. Let's play him all over." Um, they didn't even know it. So a lot of it is revisionist history. Yeah, but the Eagles made a mistake. Uh, clearly, um, it hurts that they went back to back. But it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything because I think there's this, this assumption that. You can put 3,000 receiving yards, which Justin Jefferson has had in two years, which is amazing, 1,500 per year as a rookie and a second-year player, and that's going to fall right into the Eagles' offense. not going to work like that because I've said it before. They don't have Kirk Cousins throwing the football here. Um, They have a different type of offense. Now, he'd be a good player – but how does that how does that work out if he's got sixty receptions for eight hundred and fifty yards? Are people happy about it? Probably they're happy with Devontae Smith at nine, nine twelve, whatever he had nine sixteen. Um, but the explosion, the assumption of oh he got fifteen hundred yards there, he's going to get fifteen hundred yards here. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't work, work like the way. that way. No.
2: Yeah, you know I want to double back to the offensive line. Um, I want to talk about Cam Jurgens. He had a pretty good debut against against the New York Jets. What was your evaluation of Cam Jurgens' performance um, stepping in for Jason Kelsey?
3: Yeah, he did a great job. Um, it, you know, it's preseason action, but yeah, I I hear a lot of people saying it's not that big of a deal with Jalen Hurts. Well, it's better than the alternative. You could, yeah. You're playing against vanilla off vanilla defenses. Yet they're not game planning for you. All that stuff is true, but it's better. You know, going six for six with a perfect passer rating is better than the alternative against the vanilla defense. Uh, Cam Chirkin's playing very well in his first preseason start. Is better than playing very poorly. So. Does it mean a lot? No, but it's better than the alternative. So they deserve credit for uh, playing well, even though all the Jets fans say same old Jets. It's the Jets, blah, blah, blah. It's an NFL team. It, it's I don't understand people who say, oh, you can't count that. If they, than, played, if they played, believe me,
2: terribly, they would have, they would, if they oh. played terribly, they would have, they would have crucified them. So now believe they're thinking, they yeah. Jalen well.
3: Hurts was one for six and his passer rating was 60 instead of perfect, they would be all over him. So, yeah, 158.3 is meaningless in the preseason. So is 60. So if you want to say one is meaningless, say the other is meaningless, but also come to the conclusion that, hey, it's better to be better than it is to be uh, playing poorly. And guys like Cam Jurgens, Jordan Davis as well, uh, played really, really well. And um, the, the, the game, the part of that game that mattered most, and that's the first team and a little bit of the second team, the Eagles dominated. They were up 13-nothing
2: and then 14-3. Yeah. And you know, there were there were a few guys that stood out to me um, for good reason and for bad reason. Um, you know, just staying stand with the guys for good reason. Uh Jalen Hurts, like you said, uh Jordan Davis, like you said, um, Nicobe Dean as well. Uh, Nicobe Dean is someone who hasn't really flashed that much in training camp, but you saw uh a microcosm of what he can provide um in that. In that jazz matchup, just just you just saw, a little, bit. I, just you a little a, bit. You saw a
3: you saw a microcosm <laughs> of what made him good at Georgia. And just that's a little Jordan, bit, and that's Jordan Davis.
2: Exactly. It's funny. I was it, watching uh Baldy's ball uh breakdowns, yeah. right? Jordan and he,
3: Davis. Jordan Davis. Yeah. If you keep <laughs> nikobe Dean clean, yeah, it looks pretty good. And it by does. clean, I mean <laughs> keep blockers off him. If Marlon Tui Pelotu's out there, uh, I don't want Nicobe Dean out there. Where well, you're only as good as some of your parts, right, John? <laughs> I I do not know, and I say I do not know why people are so excited about Nicobe Dean. Get excited about Jordan Davis. He is the reason <laughs> Nicobe Dean exists, literally he wouldn't be in the, I'm, I'm 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 going overboard he would not be a high level draft pick if he didn't play with jordan davis he's small he's not that athletic i i don't think people realize Tone, he was the third most athletic linebacker on georgia you know the uh uh the kid who went 22nd overall quay walk he was the most athletic linebacker on georgia and I was told about six weeks before the draft he was going to be the first linebacker taken. He was the first linebacker taken. Because this is about projection. It's what I always argue with Jody about in the morning on birds 365. He's looking in the rearview mirror. You got to look in the front. This is projection at the NFL level. Look at those clips. Look at how small he is. Mm. If those if NFL offensive linemen. Get on to Kobe Dean. It will be ugly. Ugly. They can't get to him with Jordan Davis out there, but Jordan Davis better be out there. Well, and, let's talk and, about him. Let's and talk by about the Jordan way, Davis. And by the way, Tony, you don't have to worry about it because TJ made a play again. Definitely Davion did. made a play again. Kaiser made, Kaiser a, play. made a play again. <laughs> Those are your three best linebackers. That's a fact. Those are your three best linebackers. I'm sorry, Eagles fans. Those are your three best linebackers.
2: I mean, look, it, 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 it's it's the truth, right? Nicobe Dean is probably the fourth best linebacker, maybe best be linebacker fifth best linebacker. one Sean right.
3: Bradley's having a heck of a camp,
2: and I and that could be based off experience, right? Yeah. Um, I yeah. I still have relatively relatively moderate to good expectations for uh, Nicobe Dean. Um, uh, but I want to go double back to Jordan Davis, like you said. Jordan Davis is the reason. Now it's funny. When I look, but when I was looking up some of the Kobe Dean's, I, I guess you'll say standout plays yeah, from the Jets matchup. Look at the, the You saw, you saw Jordan Davis initiating the action,
3: and the Kobe Dean cleaning up the mess. It is unbelievable, and that's why I hope. And I've been saying about this. I hope because Jordan Davis is not a stat player, not a stat player, not going to get a lot of tackles, not going to get a lot of sacks. And I hope people recognize how good he is because he's good. And I Doug Ferrar, who uh, um, uh, writer from Sports Illustrated in the past, I forget where Doug writes now, but I apologize, Doug. But he had a clip in the first preseason game. And if you go to his Twitter account, I think it's at Doug Ferrar. Three blockers on Jordan Davis in his first game. Just to try and deal with him in his first preseason game. Three blockers. You're not going to make a tackle with three blockers. You're not going to make a sack. N'Kobe Dean's going to run wild. N'Kobe Dean, that's undersized, not getting touched, making plays. You know, but if Marlon tui is in there, get ready for those alex singleton seven yard tackles down the field but you know that's why they
2: brought in jordan davis right to keep guys like Nicoba dean clean to keep yep. guys like david uh, and, yeah. and all those guys clean yep. so i mean it's
3: exactly why they brought him in exactly um and they didn't think they'd get they didn't
1: And bring him in.
3: They didn't we, think they we, were getting...
1: We
2: can all agree that was a luxury well. pick, right? We can all agree that Kobe Dean was a luxury pick, correct?
3: Yeah, it just fell to their laps in the third round, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. It's an excellent third-round pick with an upside, especially once you get Jordan Davis. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, he is dependent on others. Um, There are certain linebackers, Fred Warner... Bobby Wagner, for the long time, is going to the Hall of Fame. They're great linebackers. he's not those guys. he's dependent on others,
2: and that's strictly because of his size, yeah, size and athleticism. Mm. What about the mentals though, right? You know people say this game itself is about eighty to ninety percent mental, right?
3: um yeah, he's got great uh you know he's a smart kid, uh mechanical engineer. I think be three five five in college, high football IQ, and that goes a long way. Um, yeah, but when three hundred and thirty pound guards <laughs> at the NFL level, uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, man. I especially, I've just been talking about expectations. The expectations with poor Nickobe Dean are so unrealistic. Like he's a third round pick and people act like he's a first round pick because they were they were they were inundated with that pre draft. So now you have all these out of whack expectations. And people are like, Why do you keep talking about TJ Edwards? Why do you keep talking about Kaiser White? Why do you keep talking about Davion Taylor? Why can't Nicobe Jean get on the field? Well, he can if he outplays those guys. The date it hasn't been close. Um you know, maybe two, three years down the line, we just talked about Andre Dillard getting in the weight room in between that first and second year. Um, Nicobe's going to have to do the same thing. Um, add a little size. Never going to add height, obviously, but you, you can improve your athleticism. TJ's done it. Um, um, you know, working out with TJ Watt and all those guys at Wisconsin. You know that's that's the next step for Nicobe Dean is to you know get a little bit better from a strength perspective from a from an athleticism perspective.
2: Okay, let's shift gears to the uh, to the offense side of the ball. Um, like we mentioned earlier, Jalen Hurts was very sharp, six for six, ADR, yards, a touchdown. Um, as good as he could have played, what was your evaluation of? his decision-making and um, also what was your evaluation of the playmakers doing their job, you know, just that first drive in general. um, How do you, how did you think he responded, you know, to the, to the early offensive penalties, you know, you know, there were, there were plenty of things to deter that drive yet. He still answered the call. He still rung the bell and drove down that field and scored. And they made it a point not to run that ball. I think they came up with a clear intention that we're going to pass this ball. And we and we need to get him as as many reps in this live action in this first drive as we possibly can. So, what was your evaluation of that first drive?
3: Um, well, from Jalen's perspective, it's great. That the best part um, was just getting the football out quickly, and, and that's why, you know, Nick kind of chuckled at it. Uh, the first play of the game, he kind of flushed right and found Quez Watkins for. Whatever it was, 28 yards. And he got asked the question. I think it was my buddy Mike Sealski who asked the question. He kind of chuckled. He was like, Well, the guy had a perfect passer rating. And, you know, you're you're <laughs> complaining about him flushing right. Well, it's a legitimate question because, you know, that's what sometimes he debolts too quickly to blushing out of the pocket. That's his crutch. Um, yeah. Uh, everybody's sort of got a, a DNA, and, and the best quarterbacks climb the pocket. They always keep their eyes downfield. Um, so, generally, when you blush right or left, um, it's a bad thing, generally. Um, but Jalen Hurts is not a typical quarterback. And that's why I said the Eagles should build around the strengths of Jalen Hurts. Is he going to climb the pocket like he's Tom Brady? No. Is he going to manipulate the pocket like he's Peyton Manning? No. Is he going to be able to get outside and make plays that those guys can't make? Yes. So I've been saying it for weeks now. Why pound the square peg in the round hole? Um, well, what, but when he gets the football out quickly, when he reads, when he trusts it, whether it says little dump offs to Miles Sanders or Jack Stoll. That kind of stuff is good. Um, You know, A.J. Brown with the decoy to sort of get Dallas Goddard open. That was good for the touchdown. Um, The penalties, you mentioned uh, Jordan Mailata. He he had a touchdown call back because Jordan held, and it was a legitimate hold. So, you know, maybe that contributed, but you saw the running ability. Um, Lane Johnson had a false start. They also got helped by the 15-yard uh, uh penalty which was obvious as well um so yeah. that got tacked on but he was six for six <laughs> that's that's good it's better than the alternative right
2: yeah you know and I, I guess for me what was what really stood out the most was like you mentioned um the quick decision making and the fact that he didn't lean. Uh, too much on AJ Brown. Um, I think you, I think you had a tweet, um, that pretty much, uh, you know, s- spoke on that, and then I think I retweeted it and um, spoke on it as well. Um, but you know, I like the fact that yes, we saw him force feeding AJ Brown throughout training camp, but then once the game started, you saw him making the best decision. And another thing that stood out to me as well was he wasn't afraid to hit that check down. He wasn't afraid to hit Miles in the backfield and let him do the work and just take what they gave him. You know, there was plenty of times where he took a little six-yard gain or a little five-yard gain with the running back, uh, took the little small gain with Jack Stoll. Um, I was really impressed by just his patience and his, uh, uh, his discipline on that drive.
3: Yeah, I mean, and we're going to see. I mean, that's the part of it. And I'm writing about this tomorrow. Is the fact that if you go back to January and Todd Bowles and Tampa Bay, um, they had a great game plan. Um, they would not allow. Uh, that was their whole goal: do not allow Jalen Hurts to flush to his right, force him to go to his left. Um, everybody has that film now. Uh, they're not game planning in preseason uh, they're just running sort of what they do on defense so when we get to week one in Detroit you know they don't have Todd Bowles they don't have to Bay they don't have linebackers that can run sideline to sideline but they're going to try they're going to try to game plan the same way and so it's going to be a little bit in between and that's going to be the big types of tests because. Everybody has seen Jalen now. They know what he does well. They know what he doesn't do well. And that's the difference between preseason and the regular season. But all we have now is preseason, right? And against a Benella defense, he performed very well. And that's better than performing very poorly. So um, I think it's a positive step.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's transition a little bit Um this special teams, man, they they have I, I'm sorry, I know it's early. I know it's the first preseason of the game, but I saw it with my own eyes. There are some concerns for that, you know, for that special teams group. They gave up over 100 kick return yards. That's not common in these days in the NFL. 118 kick return yards to be exact, longest kick return of the day cost them the game. I, I need to know, I need to know your thoughts on this. Is Michael Clay or should Michael Clay be looked under a microscope?
3: Well, I mean, all coaches are that they weren't good in special teams last year. So, um, you hope for some improvement with the exception of Jake Elliott. Uh, Jake was great, uh, but their punting game wasn't good. Their uh, kickoff and punt return game wasn't good. Their kickoff and punt return coverage wasn't good. Um, so they have to get better. Uh, you know, one of the things that stood out to me was that, um, Kyron Johnson, who was brought in as this sort of special teams guru player who, uh, was great at in college, barely played on special teams. I think he had seven reps, uh, compared to guys like Patrick Johnson, who had 17. Um, When when the Eagles were good on special teams, they had players like Chris Maragos and Brian Brayman and Najee Good. And to me, you always need one or two of those guys who are just great special teams players. The Eagles don't have that right now. I think that's the issue. Um, And sometimes you get caught up in saying, well, Chris Maragos can't play safety. probably right. You know, he did. He was forced into action at times. Wasn't, you know, very effective. Brian Brayman, you're never going to play a linebacker. Najee Good, you don't want to play a linebacker. But sometimes you got to bite the bullet and get a great special teams player because they're great special teams players. The Eagles have, have seemingly gotten away from that thought process.
2: Yeah, so it's fair is it fair to say that depth is an issue? Because as that game progressed, um depth started to rear like we head and um I saw some of these corners looking a little shaky. It just seemed like they had a hard time getting off the field. They allowed the Jets to go for an eighteen play drive at the end of the game. It was it was it was just really it was just really shaky in that second half as far as depth. What was your evaluation of depth and then how that translates to the special? yeah
3: do not I d I don't I don't think it's Um, that big of a deal from a perspective and, and Joe Krause asked me this on the pregame show and I, I predicted the jets would win the game and I'm not shooting my horn, but I projected they would win the game because they have the much better third string quarterback uh, in Mike White. It turns out they had a much better third string and fourth string quarterback. That's generally who wins preseason games. Like if you have competency with your third quarterback, you're going to win a lot of preseason games, a lot of preseason games, because most teams don't have anybody who can play. And at the quarterback position that deep on the roster, the Eagles, unfortunately, are in that situation with Reed Sinet, Carson Strong. Reed Sinet looked very, very poor. Um, Carson didn't even get in the game. Um You know, it's tough to move the football. Um, and yeah, I mean, you can pick and nitpick about some of the corners or linebackers. My more concern about depth is those special teams guys. Like, what can you do for me on special teams? And that's what I need to see from Josiah Scott and Andre Sacharay and players like that. You've got to become great, great special teams players. Um. Spars as as depth. The as spars as winning in preseason games. Yeah, so who's your backup quarterback? And I'll tell you, who's going to win.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. Um, let's talk about training camp briefly. Um, so um, after the first game they played on Friday, uh, how how did this team fare in training camp today? Uh, what was your overall evaluation of training camp? Uh, up um, update up for Jalen Hurts down day <laughs> uh, for the defense or the opposite? Um, what were your thoughts on training camp today?
3: Uh, Defense won, so Typical training camp day Um, Offense had Some deep throws, Devontae Smith was Back, that got people excited Um, He had a deep Throw against Zach McPherson Quez Watkins had a deep reception Against uh, Zach McPherson So, I don't know, maybe that's More Zach, you never hear Slay, (laughs) you never hear Bradbury Um, uh, Occasionally But A.J. Brown beats Slay at Lincoln Financial Field. So occasionally, but um, Zach McPherson's one of those players where he seems like the Eagles think a lot of him. And I kind of look at him and say, you know, why do you think so much of him? You know, is he that much better than Mac McCain or Carrie Vincent or, or you know, Josh Jobe seems to be making a run at the fifty-three, I'm not so sure. Uh, so we'll see how that develops. But um, yeah, the linebackers again. TJ just whacked uh, Devonte Smith. Probably shouldn't have done that, but he did in the middle of the field. Um, Kaiser um, um, had a had a should have been a I think a, a strip fumble. Uh, they called it a, a incomplete pass, so either way, it was a pass breakup. Might have been a, a fumble. Davion had a turnover as well. Those guys have had a great camp. Um, can it hold up? I don't know. I don't know if it can hold up, but those guys have been great throughout the summer. Um, and the defense has been great for most of the summer.
2: Hey, Well, I mean, that's that's great to hear. I mean, you saw it in the, in the first game, and granted, it is the Jets, but defense came to play that first team defense got off the field very early. Uh, because they're white forcing a turnover, here. man, short he's...
3: field, man, short field, yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, you're up 14. Nothing. Um, you can imagine if that's a real game and the starters aren't coming out, you know, you're in that... really, really good shape
2: that could turn into a route,
3: yeah. So the, the the parts of that game that mattered, the Eagles dominate.
2: Well, that's, well, that's great to hear. Well, we're going to begin to close it. So, John, um, final question uh, of the evening for you. Who gets your game ball? Let's let's try to do it a little differently. Who gets your game ball from the preseason game and who gets your game ball from training camp
3: today? Well, preseason, you have to give it to Jalen. Um, Jalen Hurts, not Jalen right Uh <laughs> Kaiser, Kaiser White, a close second? Uh, <laughs> You know, Kaiser, I think Kaiser only played five snaps, so. Made him count. You know, yeah. Uh, he made the big play. Uh, Jalen only played eight, but he was six for six, 158.3. So I'm going to give it to, to Jalen Hurts. Um, practice today. I'm going to give it, even though I said defense, but I keep giving things out to the defense. Um, I'm, I'm going to give it to Devontae Smith. Bursty's back. Second, he had a big touchdown uh, reception. Um, So just a feel-good for Devontae Smith.
2: Great. Now, you guys, this has been Football 24-7 with John McMullen, and I am Tone to shows the second. Before we get out of here, we need you guys to – smash that like button. We need you guys to continue to comment below. All your engagement, all the activity that you guys show on the YouTube channel and the live streams, it really helps the content grow. It helps JKF Sports grow, helps more people find the content, helps more people subscribe, and it allows the live chat to get that much more spicy because we know you guys love to give us hell on this channel, but it's all good
3: because we love you. I'm going to get the Kobe hell today. I was probably (laughs) too harsh on him.
2: You know what's coming. It's funny because I was reading through some of the live chat and they were letting you have it, John, so you might not want to double back and read that.
3: No, <laughs> you I, might. Don't, I never read it, so it doesn't matter. But I know how it works. And again, I never get apologies, Tim. I never get apologies.
2: That's true. That's true. But like I say, you guys, make sure you continue to stay committed. Stay subscribed uh, to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you guys turn on that notification bell. But also... A major, major announcement. And I'm pretty good. Pretty sure you guys are already aware of this. We need you guys to make sure you are locked in on the newest post game show in town. Arguably, and will be the best post game show in town. The Jacob Sports Post Game Show that has, as you can see, Derek Gunn. Mike Missinelli, Seth Joyner, and Devin Caney. This panel's filled with legends. <clears throat> everyone who has earned their keep, everyone who has made a name for themselves, rightfully so, in their own crafts. And we're going to give you guys the most unadulterated, most unbiased, most straight-shot, no-chaser live post game show on the market. I'm telling you guys, you do not want to miss this. We are going to be broadcasting live from Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City at their, new, at their new sports book, The Gallery. And you guys do not want to miss this. Make sure you guys are tuning in every week, about two to three minutes after each Philadelphia Eagles game, the Jacob Sports Post Game Show will be in full effect. And you don't want to miss guys like Seth Joyner, uh, Ladies like Devin Caney, you don't want to miss Mike Missanelli. You don't want to miss Derek Gunn. You don't want to miss those guys going at it. You know Mike is going to poke Seth Jordan's buttons. And once Seth Jordan goes, it's a wrap. So make sure you guys continue to stay locked in. Hopefully, Devin Caney and Derek Gunn can keep those guys uh, level-headed because we know Mike and we know Seth. Those guys have a lot of passion about this game. And it's going to be really exciting. You guys don't want to miss this. It's going to be live every week after each Philadelphia Eagles game at Ocean Casino Resort if you want to watch it live also it's going to be broadcasted on 6abc.com and on the Jacob Sports YouTube channel but without further ado you guys we appreciate you for locking in make sure you smash that like button if you want more from John McMullen make sure you guys tune into Birds 365 Monday through Friday at 8am from 8am to 10am with yeah. Jordan McDonald and remember and also, all the
3: good things I said about Jordan Davis everybody, yes, skips, over yes. everybody <laughs> skips over that
2: everybody skips over that
3: I don't
2: know why. Hey, well, listen, we all know Jordan Davis. He's, he's that guy, you know, he's, 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 he's the prize jewel uh, f- uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, these fans are going to let you have it. And fans love to put in Kobe Dean in that same category, but he has, he hasn't really, he's not there yet, but he has a, he has, he has a lot of ground to uh, ain't, cover. Ain't,
3: ain't ever getting in that category. <laughs> ain't ever. Ain't ever hey. getting in that category.
2: Now, John, these, these fans hold receipts. So be careful.
3: i'm not worried about it
2: all right you guys were locked in on football 24 7 he's john mcmullen i'm tone the shills the second one love stay humble stay healthy and most importantly stay hungry you guys take care and we'll see you tomorrow